We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Cash Considerations Podcast. We're a Chicago Bulls podcast. Before we start off on today's episode, we have a word from our sponsor. Wednesday at 10, 9 central. Get ready for your newest TV addiction. The new series, Pure, premiering on WGN America. Pure is based on the true events of the Mennonite mob. You heard right, Jason. Mennonites. Most are kind people, but one group was part of the world's most dangerous drug cartel. The show is about Noah Funk, the newly minted Mennonite pastor who is determined to rid his community of the mob and drugs, but he's in way over his head. Think of Pure as Breaking Bad meets Witness meets Narcos. Get hooked on Pure, series premiere Wednesday at 10, 9 central, only on WGN America, available on DirecTV, channel 307, Dish Channel 239 or check your local cable listings. Jason, the Bulls traded for Carmelo Anthony today. Oh my goodness, is this 2014? Melo to the Bulls? What is happening? It's just all so hilarious. There is truly nothing the Chicago Bulls won't do for cash considerations. They just keep giving us more publicity, Jason. You would think maybe the Bulls wouldn't be flattered at the name we chose for our Bulls podcast, but somehow they just keep giving us free advertising. First, they made this same deal for Michael Carter-Williams, now Carmelo Anthony. Uh, No, you know... Bulls don't need a young piece. Bulls don't need any, you know, second round picks taking up space. Their their board's already dried up, Jason. They don't need to continue scouting, looking for guys in the draft. All they need is some cold, hard cash. And they got 900K for taking on Mello. That just came out right now. Uh, just unbelievable. So on brand in so many ways. You, you got to you gotta build that equity, man. And they also, and the White Sox are negotiating with Manny Machado right now. So, you know, that, that little cash will probably maybe... Uh, Filter that over over to the south side and help them out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think that's really going to help much for Manny Machado. Maybe bust his <laughs> bump in salary from uh, $25 million a year to $25.9 million a year. And I just want to say that as a White Sox fan, I really need this. I know that no one really cares about the White Sox outside of like, you know, the 200 people I also went to high school with in the south suburbs. But I need this as a White Sox fan because, God, the Bulls are just giving us nothing to be hopeful for right now. And the mellow thing is just another continuation of like what a what a joke of a franchise they've become. <laughs> yeah, I mean honestly, like again, like the MCW thing, like this is a thing more for just like jokes and funny, like 
reactions to the start. It means nothing. They're literally just getting cash. Like Melo's not going to play a game for the Bulls. There were some funny jokes coming out about how, oh my God, like Melo and Jabari on the same team, like keep them together. I hope Melo plays like to help the Bulls tank. Obviously that's not going to happen. It's already been reported. Woj, Casey, that the Bulls are not going, that Melo's not going to suit up any game in any games for the Bulls. Woj did say that the Bulls might try to hold on to him until the trade deadline, which is in a couple weeks from now. Uh, I don't know if they try to trade him for something else. I mean, you're not going to get anything for Melo at this point. I mean, he's been sitting around forever for basically two months now. So it's not like you're going to get anything in another trade. You can't aggregate him with another salary. I don't know what they could do to possibly why they would hold on. I would think that Melo would want to would want to get to whatever his new spot's going to be as soon as possible. Where that is, I don't know. Like the Lakers have been brought up. But the Lakers have a full roster. So like, but yeah, this is, I mean, basically it's all the jokes. I mean, just remembering back to, like I mentioned, 2014 when the Bulls made their big pitch to Melo, they had the United Center banners out. And uh, I think they like took him out to dinner. And I feel like Derrick Rose did not attend that dinner. I feel like there were jokes about that. Like D Rose was like just, working out in the building at the same time, wasn't he? <laughs> it was, it was something like that. I can't remember all the details about the, the Bulls Melo pitch, but it obviously did not go well. Probably for the better, I guess maybe maybe that first year in 2014, that last year, Tibbs maybe would have gone all right then, but uh, but the Bulls probably caught a break there not getting mellow because we've obviously seen his career go straight into the shitter. But just yeah, just the, just the make, to get the trade for him now, just to have him on the Bulls for however long to like two minutes, like just classic at this point. We saw we got you've had mellow, we've had this happen with MCW, we've had Dwayne Wade for a year, and we'll talk more about Dwayne Wade later when because the Bulls just played the Heat in his final game in the United Center. But it just it just really is classic. And like you said, like I we have we really do have to thank the Bulls because it's just great great promotion for the Cash Considerations podcast. Uh well there's only one thing left to do, man. You gotta let Mello cook. I think you keep <laughs> Mello, you don't wave him, and you run him out there for the rest of the season. I mean, we know how much the Bulls love ticket sales. I saw an advertisement today while watching the Cavs game. We'll talk about that one later. That the Bulls now have like $25 family packages. Oh, wow. This is not what it's supposed to cost to go to a Bulls game. The Bulls are still second in the league in attendance. Uh, and within striking distance of number one by the end of the year, I think if they want to maintain their status as financial champs, even while being the most poorly run team in the league, Jason, I think you need to put Carmelo on the floor, sell some jerseys, give the people what they want. I want Carmelo to play some games. Am I that unreasonable for thinking that? We need this. I need a Carmelo, Jabari Parker, defensive front court. We can put Melo at center, Jabari at the four in his rightful position. That's the tank commander move that we need right now. And if it doesn't happen, I think you risk him going to Cleveland where the Cavs can make him their tank commander. They already got campaign from us. Now if they had Melo and after this loss today, Jason, uh, the Bulls are not catching the Cavs for – Oh, God, yeah, definitely not. Uh, in terms of Melo playing, I mean, I think I would be amused for maybe like five minutes when he first got on the floor in a Bulls uniform, and then I'd probably just get sick of watching him. I mean, obviously the Bulls are not good at all, but like, give me, I'll, I'll take like five to ten minutes of Jabari and Melo playing together, a, a um, five-four front core with one of them playing center, but I think I would <laughs> be sick of it in like two minutes, like I said. But you do mention the Bulls and the Cavs, and I guess like we could, that's a perfect transition from this mellow nonsense to more nonsense actually on the court. Bulls and Cavs had a nice uh, matinee between two of arguably the worst teams in the league. And uh, arguably, the Cavs are inarguably the worst team in the league. They are a absolute joke. They're awful. They, they are hurt. They are missing Kevin Love. 
Tristan Thompson, Larry Nance Jr. I'm sure I'm probably missing some guys, but my God, I mean, the Bulls have lost 10 straight games coming into this Martin Luther King Jr. Day game. Been getting their ass beat almost night in, night out. They go on the road to Cleveland for this noon game, and they and they basically handled them from the start. Like, within a few minutes, it was like 8-0 Bulls. And the, the Cavs missed their first, like, eight or nine shots. It was basically like Rodney Hood and Alec Burks driving to the rim and throwing up garbage at the rim, the basket. They were both terrible. Colin Sexton has been had a really tough rookie season. And the, with, with this game, the Cavs dropped to, uh, what is it now, 9-39, 30 games under five hundred already. The Bulls moved up to 11 and 36 to end that end that uh, 10 game losing streak. And also, the Bulls just got their first win of 2019. How exciting is that? Not that exciting because this game wasn't was that very fun to watch. There were some nice things. Zach Levine had a nice scoring game. The Bulls did hit 15 three pointers and they took 30 out of 76 shot attempts. So that was kind of nice to see to see the, that kind of uh, them embrace shooting more three pointers. That might be more of a function of the Cavs having the worst fucking defense of all time. Literally, I believe. They're on pace in terms of defensive rating. They have the worst defense of all time. So the, like the Bulls mostly just kind of they, they shot a bunch of threes. They made a bunch of them. They also turned the ball over a lot. So there was still a lot of ugliness. The Bulls also out rebounded the Cavs fifty to thirty eight. The Cavs just basically have nothing. They're they're really terrible. So when when the Bulls can go on the road, and this is the second time this has happened, and third the Cavs, the Bulls are three and zero against the Cavs overall. Second straight time where the Bulls have gone into Cleveland and destroyed them. I think who was it? The Jeff Mangerton was tweeting out a bunch of stats about like. This is the Bulls' first time they've done this since, but basically the last time they've played Cleveland. There's just nothing going on with the, with the Cavs. I don't know how much of this game you're able to watch, but it was it was pretty pretty dreadful from the beginning, outside of some nice little runs by the Bulls. Oh, I watched a lot of it. I watched the nice. entire first half, and I was watching most of the second half before I just decided I couldn't take this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched college basketball games with less flow than this one, uh, even ones that have been interrupted by the referees. Both of these teams are just so brutal. In like my main takeaway from watching this, like the Bulls and the Cavs entered the day right next to each other in the uh, you know in the tankathon standings. The Cavs have the worst record in the league. They had nine wins coming into the day. The Bulls had ten. Now Bulls picking up their eleventh win. But it's like the Bulls in the Cavs. You look at the players on the court. They have no right being within the same sentence of each other. Like the Bulls have so much more talent than Cleveland now granted Cleveland doesn't have Kevin Love who's out for the year for them but still like you look at the lineup the Cavs are running out just absolutely brutal Colin Sexton has been a disaster credit the Bulls for taking Wendell Carter over Colin Sexton because uh, the Bulls reportedly like Sexton he was one of the players in the draft who they brought in for multiple workouts I believe Uh, he had an okay game 18 points on 17 shots but he's really struggled his rookie year he just has no impact on winning Wendell is going to be a much better player than him. Uh, you've still got Rodney Hood running out there. You've still got Delhi. You've still got Jordan Clarkson. And now campaign 26 oh my, oh minutes. My uh, the campaign minutes were hysterical. First of all, he he had like he's he's actually played decently well for the Cavs. Like he's been shooting all right. Uh, he played 26 minutes today, but I think one of his first shots he hit, he had like a three in front of the Bulls bench. And he looks back and is like scowling and yapping at him. And then he did it again. And then like in the fourth quarter, he was just running around, just chucking up shots. He was like diving on guys. Like, I guess appreciate the hustle, but like you clearly tell that like he, and especially after when it was news came that the bulls were uh, letting him go, that he had, he tweeted and then deleted like the prayer, the prayer hands emoji. Like he was so excited. Like clearly he does not like how the, how the bulls, I guess, treated him. Although like, I mean, he was, was a bad basketball player and it was kind of hilarious watching him run around and 
kind of make a fool of himself today, especially just like the yapping at the Bulls bench. Like, I mean, what are you doing, guy? You're currently playing on a team even worse than the Bulls, and you're basically getting your ass beat all night, and you're going and yapping at their bench. Like, come on, dude. What are you There doing? was one possession where he got an offensive rebound over Jabari, and then the next time down the court, just like gun towards the basket and threw up some wild shot. It was it was hilarious. Yeah, I was I was yeah, I literally laughed out loud at a few plays. Not not just of him, just like of this whole game. There was so much to like kicking the ball around both teams, the turnovers, just it was a it was a comical game to watch. Dude, it's like the reason they're in the same picture though is because the Bulls are just running the worst system ever right now. Like even in this game against Cleveland where, you know, the Bulls were shooting pretty well from the field, we said that uh, you know, they they took, what, 30, 30. 33s, made 15 of them. Uh, but, like, early in the shot clock, they're still running, like, post-ups for Markinen. They're still, like, Chris Dunn passing on wide-open looks. The reason the Bulls have the are the second-worst team in the league, basically, after the Cavs, is because the system Boylan is running is just so insane. So like, this continues yeah. to just be completely mind-boggling. And we were upset when they fired Hoiberg at the time, and I think a lot of people were like, well, you know, Fred Hoiberg, he never really proved himself in his four years here. What are you guys getting so upset at for them firing Fred Hoiberg? It's like, dude, that was unquestionably the wrong decision at the time. I mean, that was petty and spiteful by John Paxson. I think Paxson came into this season knowing that he was going to fire Hoiberg if the Bulls didn't get off to, you know, a start that he had in his head. Like, he had expectations for the team in his head, even though he wouldn't make those public at media day or any time he was giving an interview. He said the season was about more than wins and losses, yet Hoiberg gets fired without having Markin in the entire year while the team got off to a bad start. And it's something Zach Levine said this weekend uh, after the Miami game. I mean, we can talk more about you know, the week that was for the Bulls a little later. But, you know, to me, this is the biggest quote to come from uh, the week from the Bulls. Levine told reporters, something's obviously wrong. We weren't losing by double digits earlier in the season. We might have been losing, but we didn't even have a full roster. So I don't know. We're a better team now and we're getting blown out. It doesn't make a lot of sense. No shit, Zach Levine. Like, we can criticize Zach Levine's uh, basketball IQ all we want when he's on the floor, but... uh he probably knows the game better than Paxson and Foreman at this point because even he can see that Boylan is in so far over his head and this team has never had any chance for development uh, with him as the head coach. And, you know, that went out the window as soon as, as soon as Hoiberg was fired. Yeah. I'm that those living comments were very interesting. I'm kind of surprised that I, I, I wonder if like they took him aside and said, I mean, that was a clear, I mean, obviously it wasn't, he didn't call Boylan out by, by name, but I feel like that was a clear, shot at boiling like I, I'm, I'm wondering if they like and i didn't read anything if they did like discipline him internally or something like that but like I, I thought that was a clear calling out of the coach so like i thought that was really interesting clearly it didn't seem like anything happened or but so I, yeah i don't know just like it's it's just been just been so so ugly and you mentioned the stuff about like the post-ups and stuff like that the first play of the game they ran like a chris dunn post-up he got the ball in the post he tried to go at sex and then he like lobbed it over to Robin Lopez and Rolo was like stuffed by multiple players. Like, and that, that just kind of said it all. And that, that kind of just set the tone for like much of the game. Like again, the bulls did, they did not play terribly. They shot really well from three, but just in terms of just like some of the sloppiness and some of the possessions doing that kind of stuff with the posts, those ugly post-ups and just the garbage stuff. It's, it's crap. And it, it was, and 
just, just ugly stuff. <laughs> that, I want that to be the pull quote from this episode. It's crap. It's ugly stuff. <laughs> Chicago Bulls basketball 2018-19. That's all we've got for you. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was not pretty. I don't I don't know. Like the the Bulls I mean, I guess I guess it is good at least I mean, I know a lot of people losing one stat that I mentioned a couple times today is that now since the Bulls did beat the Cavs, they're three and zero against them now. Is that they're the Bulls are now six and zero against the Cavs? They're three and zero against the or against the Cavs, the Hawks, the Knicks, and the Suns. So those are basically the five tanking teams right there: is Bulls, Cavs, Hawks, Knicks, Suns. Bulls are six and zero against against those teams, five and thirty six against all the other teams in the league. So this is all, it's kind of almost what happened last year. Uh, especially towards the end of the year where the Bulls went on the run early and they started terribly. They went on the run then they traded Nico and they literally were basically trying to tank. They sat holiday, they sat Rolo, but they were still winning a few games against like the dregs of like the Hawks, the Mavs and some of those other shitty teams. And that's kind of what's happening now. And looking ahead this week, the Bulls play the Cavs again this week and they play the Hawks on, on Wednesday. So it's the Bulls are probably going to win a few games here this week. And like, Oh, and I'm sure like Boylan will talk about how everything's looking so much better. Like we're getting some momentum here, but like, no, absolutely not. It's, this is basically just something that like your natural like talent in, in terms of this Bulls team is better than some of these other donkey ass teams. Uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to see them I guess, play a little better against an actual team, and we will talk about more when they play the actual teams a little after our break. Because uh, every time they play a real team, they basically get their ass beat. Yeah, it's like what's really sad about this year is like the whole year was supposed to be about development, but their guys can't develop while playing this absolutely insane system that everyone knows is totally broken. Stefan Noah had a great article this week on The Athletic about Larry Markinen's regression. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just been evident uh, ever since he's returned. He only got to play one game for Hoiberg. He's just not being used the way that you want him to be used. And it's like, then what are you even doing this year? Like, I don't need Chris Dunn going out there and passing up wide open three pointers. If this is the year for development, Chris Dunn needs to be getting his reps up. He needs to at least be taking the right shots on the floor for you to see, you know, if this is someone who can continue to improve and be your point guard of the future moving forward because if that's not happening jason what the hell is happening this season it's like no one's getting any better from game to game with maybe the exception of chandler hutchinson who we seen get his first yeah. like real stint of minutes under Boylan, and especially this month he's playing 26 minutes a game he's playing, yeah, he's playing pretty well he's totally fine because he's, so he's playing 26 minutes a game he's getting eight points uh, but what he doesn't do is turn the ball over. It's almost remarkable how much, how many minutes he's getting with how few turnovers he has. Only 0.4 a game. Uh, so he's someone who's just going to be a really low usage player. Doesn't really get to the foul line. He, yeah. he doesn't turn the ball over. And he's not going to shoot very often. He did have a couple nice games on the road trip. Scored 11 points at Utah. Scored 12 in the Lakers game and then 12 uh, in the Nuggets game. Some of that coming, you know, during obvious garbage time. The Bulls were blown out in right. Denver, but uh, you you do see him getting a little better. And I think that, you know, that is, you know, for all of the kind of anxiety and suspicion we had for Hutchison, promising him as a Bartlestein client before the draft was just totally ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, if nothing else, they don't have any wings on the entire team. So he actually is a wing. He's someone who, what are they paying yep. him? You know, a little over a million dollars probably is his draft slot for the next four years. If he can at least be a rotation piece, you're getting, you know, decent value out of that. Now, do the Bulls need guys to just fill rotation minutes on small contracts? No, not at this point in the rebuild. At this point in the rebuild, they need high impact returns from some of these guys. Well, 
they, yeah. they need both, to be honest. I mean, their depth is garbage. I mean, if Chandler Hudson pans out as a guy, what yeah. do they pick him? Was it 22? Like, if he can be a nice seventh man, I'll take it. Like, the Bulls need useful players up and down the roster. Like, they, they, they need everything. They obviously need a star at the top of this next draft, but they need guys to fill in throughout the rest of the roster if they're going to be any good. So having a cheap guy in a rookie contract to be a seventh, eighth man, with what he does, he seems like he knows his role. He's getting a little more comfortable in terms of driving the basket. Uh, in terms of cutting, he's really good at off-ball cuts. He's pretty good in transition. He's a good rebounder. Like, if anything, he just seems like a guy who at least won't bust out, and he's a, at least a decent enough defender as well. Where like he's probably never going to be that good of a shooter. He did make take and make a three uh, against the Cavs today, but he probably that that's a huge work in progress. But if he can just be a de- at least a decent bench guy who can be a good defender who can make some stuff happen in transition. I will absolutely take that from a guy I picked in the early twenties. Like, would it be nice to get a diamond in the rough who can turn into a legit stud? Like a, a you get a guy in the late twenties. Like he's not going to be like Kyle Kuzma or something that the Lakers got, who's putting up big numbers for them. But I, I will take anything, anything right now at, at uh, that back, the back end of the first round. So, I will. I he's literally. I think feel like been one of the few bright spots lately from on this team because the road trip was so bad, but he was showing some nice signs. So good for him. It's nice to yeah, see him get a so little more confidence. I think that you know the Bulls should be looking to make that deal some sort of deal to acquire more picks again in this draft because it's like there's such a right. talent deficiency. Yeah. I'm doing a mock draft uh, for SB Nation later this week, and uh, you know I was just going through it and you know c- creating the outline. Yet I haven't written any of the blurbs, but. You know, there's guys who you would take a chance on in this draft. I mean, Michigan's got a couple. If they could get someone like Jordan Poole in the 20s uh, or maybe the early 30s, like I would take a chance on him. There's always going to be dudes who who have some sort of upside. And if you can acquire, uh, you know, some either high second round or, or late first round picks, that's what the Bulls should be looking to do with their cap space, with their money. Because we know what happens when they have right, cap yeah. space. Jason, what do they do with their cap space last year? They used twenty million on Jabari Parker. So obviously, hoarding this cap space is not a particularly uh, brilliant way for them to for them to use their assets. Yeah, I mean, especially now after a disastrous season like this, like what? No big free agent's going to want to come here. They could certainly use it to fill out some depth. And I mean, they're going to they, they're right now in line to have a ton of cap space, so they can make a bad deal, take on a bad contract that goes the next season. And still have money to spend over on whatever depth guys or maybe a second tier guy. Like I don't know why they would want to come here either at this point. But like if it, you're totally right about that. Like we've they've talked about with the with Robin Lopez and Jabari Parker. They're trying to trade them, and I feel like you're really not going to get anything of value, obviously, for those guys on their big expiring contracts and, and their limited players. You're not going to get anything unless you're willing to take a bad contract back. Which it seems like all the reporting out there right now is that the Bulls are not willing to do that. It should be willing to do that. I understand there'd be some hesitation if you're looking at like maybe two seasons worth of cap space for like for this year when the Bulls are in line to have so much cap space in general and the Bulls are bad. You're probably not going to be a free agency player. You just why not take a take on a bad deal going in an extra? Like I was looking at, I was looking at. I don't think the Rockets going to do it now, but I think I've mentioned this on the pod before. I know I've tweeted it before. Just like looking at taking on Brandon Knight's deal. Would the, would the Rockets be willing to give up a late their their first round pick to dump Brandon Knight? get Robin guy like Robin Lopez and, and do that. Like, I'm not sure if they're willing to do that, but that's the stuff that the bulls should definitely be doing. I totally agree with you on that. Like it's, it seems like a no brainer. Bulls have made two deals with the Rockets and all they want is yeah, the Rockets getting, cash. They're getting that cash. Give me a damn draft pick and not this cash. Like the, the, the cash equity sounds great, but I would also have a love a first round pick or maybe like another couple seconds, like the holiday deal. 
So, yeah, I mean, that definitely is something the Bulls should absolutely be looking at right now. But the other thing they need to be doing is playing Jabari more. And Jabari played 12 minutes against Cleveland today. He had 10 points, ripped two threes. Jabari just looks like he's in better shape. It is completely insane that an NBA player in Jabari's position would ever show up out of shape in 2018 when there's such an infrastructure around these guys to, like, make sure they're eating right, to make sure that they're – uh, you know, getting as much cardio and as much strength training as they need in the offseason. Did Jabari during a contract year really just not give a shit whatsoever? Because he came in so out of shape. Now he's in better shape and he's actually being productive. His minutes are still a little all over the place, but the Bulls have played him in the last five games. He's played between 19 and 12 minutes in every one of those games. He's averaging almost 12 points a game. He's shooting 45% from three, 53% from the field. He's rebounding a little bit too. Uh, at this point, Jabari should be getting all of the minutes at the backup forward spots for the Bulls. I don't care even if they play him at the wing because who gives yeah. a shit? They say they're trying to develop guys, but they're really not trying to develop anyone under this system that Boylan's running. Jabari's as much of a small forward as Shaq Harrison is. He's more of a small forward than Shaq Harrison is. So just give him a suitable amount of minutes. Make him the sixth man. Uh, use him in a way that you know your brilliant brain trust front office wanted to use him when they gave him that contract Uh, and maybe he can showcase himself to some other teams because he can score the basketball uh, especially if he continues to shoot pretty well from three you would think that you know maybe they can get something out of him and like if nothing else no one on the back end of the roster is developing that position so I would just run Jabari out there yeah, I mean, you're definitely totally right about the thing about him being in better shape. I mean, he just he looks skinnier, like he's moving better, like there's more explosiveness there, and like the the jumper looks better. I I feel like I'm fine with him playing what he is right now, 15 to 20 minutes a game, because I feel like if he's actually going to keep playing well, like is he going to like ruin the tank actually? But uh, yeah, I mean, whatever, 15 to 20 minutes I think is totally fine right now. I don't know if he really needs much more than that. I know they're trying to give Wayne Selden some minutes right now as well. He has not looked. He's had a few moments, I guess. I think it. I think he had a nice game against. I think it was the Jazz. But yeah, I mean, either way, like at least they're playing him now. Like I thought it was. It was. Uh, you mentioned this before. Like it was ridiculous when like he was just not playing, and and the Bulls were playing like Shaq Harrison at the backup three, and just like Jabari completely out of the rotation. Like obviously, playing you need to needed to play him. They finally and they finally exiled him from the rotation exile, and they felt giving them more minutes. I'm cool with that. Like I don't know if he needs really that many more minutes than he does now, but. At least, at least they've come to a decision finally with him. But as they try to trade him, they try to trade Rolo. So we'll see if that gets settled in the, in the weeks coming up to this trade deadline here. All right, and now some more words from our sponsors. This is Jason from Cash Considerations. Like the rest of us, you probably made a New Year's resolution. If you're planning to, to eat better, exercise more, be more patient, kinder, whatever, it all starts with a good night's rest. I love a good, good night's rest. Don't get enough of them. So go to MyPillow.com and click on the four-pack special and enter my promo code COZY, that's C-O-Z-Y, and you'll get two premium MyPillows and two Go Anywhere pillows. It's really amazing what a difference a great pillow can make. If you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on their four-pack, shipping is absolutely free. That's right, zero shipping, Zippo, Zilch, Nada. Don't forget about their 60-day money-back guarantee. There's nothing better than the gift of restorative sleep, so go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special, and use my code COZY, C-O-Z-Y, Get two premium my pillows and two go anywhere pillows. So that's mypillow.com, or you could also call 800 966 1472. And remember, 
My promo code can be used for any offer on MyPillow.com. Net promo code is COZY, C-O-Z-Y. Jason, I know you've heard plenty of stories about drug cartels. They're all over the news. But the crime ring you've probably never heard of is one of the world's most dangerous. They're the Mennonite mob. That's right, Jason. Mennonites. 99% of them are kind, God-fearing people. But there's one group that has smuggled millions of dollars of narcotics from Mexico to Canada. Wednesdays, starting January 23rd. This is on TV right now on WGN America. 10-9 Central, the nice. new series Pure, based on the true events of the Mennonite mob. The show is about Noah Funk, not to be confused with Neil Funk. There's a bull's tie-in. The newly elected Mennonite pastor who is determined to rid his community of the drug cartel, but, but Jason, he finds himself in way over his head. The good pastor, along with his wife, will do some very bad things, all in the name of protecting the family. Think of Pure as Breaking Bad meets Witness meets Narcos. Get hooked on Pure, Jason. Wednesdays, starting January 23rd at 10, 9 central only on WGN America. WGN America is available on DirecTV channel 307, Dish channel 239. Or check your local listings in your area. Pure WGN America. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, i have to check that out. What hasn't been a lot of fun lately, though, has been uh, Chicago Bulls basketball as we have uh, hammered home on this pod again for so long. But the last time before the last or after the last pod, uh, I believe the Bulls have played four games. So besides this, this Cavs game, uh, they played the Lakers in L.A. and they play, then they played the Nuggets to round off their or the cap off their five game road trip. They lost both of those games and then they came out and played the Heat. They lost that game as well. Uh, how much how much of those games did you see? I watched I watched a good I watched both the Lakers and the Nuggets. The Heat game, I was following along a little bit, but I didn't see that much. Uh, the Lakers game was just was talking about this Cavs game was awful. That Lakers game was also terrible. Uh, it started 19 to 18 in the first quarter. Just both teams were absolutely awful. The Lakers finally kind of opened things up in the second half. And then one of the Bulls, while the Bulls were awful on that road trip and they went 0-5. I don't know if you saw the end of that game when the Bulls were down like 17 or 18 and they cut it down to like five within like two minutes with their scrubs because Ryan Archidacano was running around like a madman. Jabari Parker was running around like a madman. Uh, and, they, and the Lakers kind of took the foot off the gas pedal. And then the Bulls, they denied Lakers fans free tacos. Shaq Harrison hit two out of three free throws to get to 100 points. No free tacos for the Lakers. That was like the highlight of the trip. And it was also like one of the most ridiculous things of the trip because it felt like a college game where the end of college games take forever. You obviously watch college basketball and like those teams desperate to come back, just like chucking up and making shots. The other team is fumbling the ball and turning it all over. It was, I don't know, like I said, I don't know how much of that you saw. It was a clown show at the end of that game. Uh, that game made me happy for so many reasons. One of them being that I'm glad that Chicago isn't the only city that goes wild for free, unhealthy food. <laughs> I feel like everybody does that. Yeah, it's like just... As, you know, being the health conscious people that Bulls players are nowadays, they're denying Lakers fans free tacos so that, you know, maybe they could live a healthier lifestyle. Uh, That was maybe the only redeemable thing to happen during this road trip, that five game road trip. Me and you preface that by saying, you know, the Bulls are going to lose every single game on this road trip. They're going to get blown out every single game. I thought they played pretty well in Utah. I did watch that one last Saturday. They did. Uh, They folded down the stretch again, but that was a game at least where, you know, you had your core players 
all playing pretty well. Levine got hot from the field. That was, I think that was the last Carter game too. Uh, and he played against the Lakers. He got hurt okay. against the Lakers. He got hurt against the Lakers. Okay. Well, that, that, and, and I guess that's, and that's, we didn't even, we, there's the mellow thing. just kind of took that out of our head. Wendell Carter Jr. is probably out for the season now, which is a huge bummer for that, uh, for that to happen. Was he hurt his, his thumb against the Lakers? And then there was a whole just bullshit about it. At first they're like, oh, it's going to be serious. He might miss a bunch of time. And then they're like, oh no, he's actually day to day. Uh, and he like missed the Nuggets game and like, oh, but he was then going to play Saturday against the Heat. And then like the day after the Nuggets game, then they're like, oh wait, no, he, uh, he went to another hand specialist and recommended surgery. It's like, of course the fucking Bulls doctors, whatever, like screw, screwed it, screwed it up. And thank God, I guess he went to see that specialist to make sure that it was, I mean, I guess not think God either way, like the fact that he's going to be out eight to 12 weeks, he got the surgery done on Monday. Uh, I would guess he's probably not going to come back this season. Like there's really no point to rush him back. Maybe he does come back, but that was that was definitely a bummer. He had, was he had a he had like in that Lakers game he had a couple really nice highlights early, and then he, he kind of f- faded at probably because of that injury and like and now and now we he might be done for the year. So that's unfortunate sidebar that I almost completely forgot about because of this mellow madness. But yeah, back back to your takes. <laughs> and just once again, like the most the most bowls thing yeah. ever. Like what the fuck is going on? with this Wendell Carter injury situation, very similar yes. to Denzel Valentine, who we were told had a minor injury uh, when he sustained it. Now he's out for the year. Similar to putting Zach Levine, he played the next day after he suffered that ankle injury. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. He played the game after that. That was completely ridiculous. And now Carter, you thought the thumb injury was serious. Then I believe it was team doctors that said it wasn't. However, an outside specialist says it actually is. Now Wendell has to go get surgery, uh, or he had surgery he did, he today. Did. I think successful yeah, surgery. So that's good for Wendell with the with the thumb injury. But I mean, Wendell being out just another reason. Like why? What like what reason are the Bulls giving us to watch this team? This is why I demand <laughs> Mello, Jason. I want Mello so that we have something to to laugh about as we continue to watch this bullshit and we continue to do this podcast the rest of the season because we have nothing know, else yeah. to look forward to. Yeah, it was, after that Lakers game, they played the Nuggets then, and like I watched that game. They, they, and they actually, in that beginning of that Nuggets game, there actually was something kind of to look forward to. They played really well for a quarter. Uh, Lowry went off. I think he had, that was the game where he had like 15 points in the first quarter. He was making it making it rain and they, they made it interesting. And then just after that, like the rails just completely fell off that nuggets at like 23s that game. They were going under Jamal Murray screens, every possession they were getting nuggets were just getting wide open looks. Nikola Jokic was dropping dimes everywhere. And, but, and then after the game, Boylan was talking about how it was, there's the, their, their scheme to go under all these screens. So it was like, they are literally raining hellfire on you from all over the place. Jamal Murray just draining all these threes and they just kept going on those screens and it kept happening and kept happening. And they were down, they were down by almost, I think they did have a 40 point deficit in that game. So like it went from after one quarter, Hey, maybe this will be a game worth watching to just complete disaster to end the road trip. Like it was, it was just, it was just so, it was just so fitting and just so ugly. I'm going to say this every podcast for the rest of the year. Jim Boylan does not deserve to be the head coach of an NBA basketball game. Again, he does not deserve to coach one more game. He's fucking terrible. And he's ruining this whatever development could have taken place this season along with the losing. The Bulls should not be this bad, Jason. They should not be getting smoked every single game with Markin and Don Levine on the court, with Hutchinson developing. Obviously, Carter's loss 
is big in terms of, you know, what we want to see out of the young core for the rest of the year. But this is still ridiculous. It's like the reason they're so shitty is because of Boylan. Like you can blame the front office for putting together a bad roster. At least, you know, the players, some of the players on this team have some level of talent. They just don't get a chance to show it under this idiotic system that Boylan's running. Like you're taking the Utah Jazz, one of the better shooting teams in the league. Yeah, you're going under every Editing your team for winning the two-point battle after the game? Yeah, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> what year is this, Jim Boylan? He legitimately needs to be like a mid-major college coach where he could just yell at a bunch of young kids and feel some sense of, like, authority and power in that because he is in so fucking far over his head as an NBA coach. He should not be the coach for one more game, let alone next season, which looks like it's probably going to happen. I, oh, absolutely. Of course it will. Probably, I don't, I don't, I, who knows at this point? Like, he's gonna be the, he's definitely gonna be the coach at the end of end of this season. I'm, I'm assuming, like, and then I guess, and then I guess we'll see what happens after that. Like, I don't know. You mentioned the young core again, and just I, I tweeted out some stats. I don't have them up with me right now, but about how they should be better with those guys out there because obviously, like, one of they they fired Hoiberg after being five and nineteen uh, without basically this young core. This young core is back, and they've been getting blown out like more often. And on this road trip, they, when they went 0-5 and after that Nuggets debacle, I think it was something like their three-man, I can't remember if it was the road trip or just like them in, together. I mean, the, the, basically the three-man unit, a trio of Levine, Dunn, and Markin, they were good today against the Cavs. The Cavs don't really count, but on the road trip, they were absolutely destroyed. Something like a net rating of like, I think like minus 30 or something like that. And you put in Carter and it was like basically even worse. Like, I mean, I know the road trip was tough. They were playing really good teams, playing the Warriors, the Nuggets. I mean, those are really good teams. The Jazz are a good team. The Blazers are a good team. But just like getting smoked with like these, this supposed like good young core is just not that's, – that's what should be happening. And the def- well, the defense is getting lit up. Like I could, I could basically accept that. I can accept the defense getting lit up by these teams. But it just been the offense. And that just goes back to what you've been saying is like watching these them struggle so much with their offense with these guys back on the core like – no, like Lowry's overall like on court like offensive rating has been really bad. Like Chris Dunn has been has been really struggled on the road trip. He was he just was really bad. Just again, his problem is just he, too hesitant. It doesn't shoot threes. Doesn't get to the line when his mid range shot isn't falling. It's a disaster. Levine was really frustrated. Obviously, throughout this whole road trip, had a bunch of comments. Just you, we mentioned the ones he said about after the Heat game. He had the ones uh, on the road trip as well. Where he, ta- where he talked about like him wanting to be like involved with the front office this summer and, so, and all this other stuff. Like, and he was clearly just, he was clearly fighting it at the end of that road trip, just wild drives into, into the lane, putting up bad shots. Like this shouldn't be like that. Like these guys should be a bit better. They're not going to be good. They're still, it's hard for young teams like this to be good, but you'd hope they would have some cohesion there and start to build something. We have not seen it yet. Like you said, they have not built any type of, momentum with this offense any type of flow or rhythm and like you said that goes back to probably with Boylan and and that's how you get Zach Levine calling out basically calling out Jim Boylan after they got blown up by the heat which was this last game which we haven't talked about yet the Bulls come back home after after the road after the road trip they go in five they come back they they were competitive they were up two. uh the first half they were up 57 55 they were playing with a bit more pace and then the second half, just again, like it all falls apart. The defense falls apart. The offense just st- they everything slows down. Like they just lose their rhythm. Uh, the Heat, gave, I think, shot like something like thirteen of fourteen from the field in the fourth quarter to completely blow the Bulls out of the water. And the Bulls just could not keep up. 
Uh, and it, so it was just more of the same. This was in, in Dwayne, Dwayne Wade put on a bit of a show in his last game at the United Center. And here's one of the funniest things coming out of that game. Another game where the Bulls get their ass beat. They lost by 14. Dwayne Wade's been doing this thing where he swaps his jersey with a, a player from another team. Did you see who he swapped his jersey with from the Bulls? Was Benny the Bull. Benny the, the fucking Bull. No one was, whose jersey is worth that. <laughs> How funny is that? So just like, yeah, just... Now it should it should have been Felicio because of the time during the three alpha season where yeah. D Wade got super mad at Felicio for stealing a room oh, yes. for him in garbage time so that Wade couldn't get a triple double. To me, that's the all time greatest Felicio highlight. Wade got so mad, which is so pathetic. It's like, dude, you're already getting forty million dollars a season. What do you need this triple double for? Your legacy is secure. I would have really loved if they would have given him a Felicio jersey instead of Benny the Ball. Also, Felicio probably like owes Dwayne Wade some money for his contract because I feel like Felicio like had a, yeah, maybe a little chemistry with like him, with like him and Rondo just doing some like rim running type stuff. So like Felicio probably owes some of his con- his four year contract to D Wade and Rondo. Totally. So yeah, that would have been perfect. It should have been Felicio. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to run something by you. Did you see the Sun-Times article from Joe Cowley headline? I did. This Bulls organization looking too soft to address its real issue. Uh, what did you What did you make of that story? Because I have some thoughts on it. Well, Cowley has been very outspoken um, against Gar Foreman. And obviously this is basically just like a Gar Foreman. I don't want to call it a hit job because I feel like it's kind of warranted. Uh Foreman is something we many fans have called for his head. The interesting thing that he really that he tried to do here was that he was trying to separate basically Pax and, and Foreman. He's like they shouldn't be called Gar Pax. Like it's trying to make it paint a picture of like Paxson not really liking what Foreman does, and Foreman just kind of there because of loyalty from like man from like ownership or something. Which I think what is it? Foreman's wife is friends with like Michael Reinsdorf's wife or some something. I can't remember what the exact connection is there, but it's basically just that the Bulls need to like grow like a spine and fire Gar Foreman and get him out of there. And that, and that uh, Gar Pack shouldn't really be a thing anymore. That Paxson is fine. Foreman's the biggest problem that he has a bunch of like minions running around. Yeah. Um, so here, here's the paragraph I, that stood out the most because that's yeah. what I was going to say from this too. Cowley writes in the Sun Times. And by the way, the term Gar Packs must stop. Foreman and his minions yeah. are embedded so deeply throughout the organization that Paxson couldn't exterminate all of them if he tried. The two are separate entities with Paxson's biggest fault being a team player with Paxson's biggest fault being a team player and going out of his way to align himself in a united front with Foreman. Uh, like what the fuck is this like John Paxson feeding? <laughs> it it kind of felt like feeding Cowley, like anti Foreman stuff. Like this is basically doing a rehab job on Paxson in making Foreman you know, the fall guy. And I wouldn't be surprised if Foreman does get fired. I think like even that would be giving the fans just a little bit of a bone. Uh, now, yeah. I don't know, like maybe Michael Reinsdorf is so tight with Gar's wife that, you know, they have to keep him around forever. That's completely insane. But it seems like, you know, that's been the reported relationship there to me. When Hoiberg was fired, that was Paxson showing that he's the guy in charge. And, you know, even if yes. Foreman still has the title, of general manager, does he still have that title? I believe he does. Holly writes that. Yes, he does. He was and he was out scouting uh, Jay Morant this past. Yeah, weekend, he was. He, was uh, he also took Luca off his board. That we have to keep remembering that because he thought Luca was too slow. 
just completely ridiculous. Luke had a triple double in his last game too, but uh, to me, it's like it's good that someone's being critical of the Bulls front office in the mainstream press. That's what we want, but I think this completely misses the point. Like, I to me, as soon as Hoiberg was fired, like. This is Paxson running the show, and Paxson is Foreman's boss anyway. So if the term Garpax needs to stop, it's not because, uh, you know, they're, they have separate roles or whatever. It's just because Paxson is Foreman's boss. Paxson has the final say on everything. And to me, it's Paxson who's the one making the big decisions in the room now. And then Colin changes this too. He's like, yeah. you know, this team is too soft. He keeps saying the team's too soft. The problem isn't that the team's too soft. The problem is that they're running an offense from the 1940s. The problem is that they've been able to develop no sort of continuity uh, while playing this style of basketball. And the problem is that the culture around the entire team is garbage because that is how John Paxson wanted it to be. You hired this new coach in the middle of the year and the team quit on him three days in. So whatever you were trying to address this year, the problem is now that the team is too soft. It's like the way that Cowley keeps saying that makes me think that like Paxson fed him something. But I would think that Paxson would hate Cowley because Cowley's been consistently critical of the organization uh, since he's gotten on that beat. So this whole story was just so confusing. Yeah, it was interesting. It was like, Cowley has been very critical of Gar, especially for I feel like for years now. Uh, because I don't know if he's ever really gone after Pax as hard, but like this did seem like a clear like split, like delineation. I mean, you mentioned the fact that like just splitting the name, like and that shouldn't be a thing anymore. Like that really was kind of interesting, and I do wonder that like if the Bulls, obviously, if this keeps going like it is, if they do try to just if they think firing Gar would help buy like some time for whatever we're Paxson or. Or like maybe this is like a Doug Collins plant. Like I'm trying. Like does Doug Collins like work working some like working some uh, like Paxson Paxson angle here, and he's trying to go behind guards. Like I, I have no idea. But like it really was interesting that just complete hatchet job on guard, but like taking all accountability away from Paxson. Paxson's been the one that's he's been doing basically this longer. And like I mean, I've honestly. I know you want to get you wish you want Paxson gone. Like you want him, you fire himself. Like I would be fine. Like if they basically fired Foreman after this season or now or whatever, or, and then if Paxson basically gets like next year, like if the team doesn't show any improvement next year, then like he's out basically like a win or you're fucking done type deal. Like that would, that would be fine with me. Like I know it would, it would also be fine if they just both left after, after the season. I don't think that's going to happen, but I mean, it's something that obviously like has to be done, but it is interesting to see that we, we are getting this through the media and a clear, a clear, like, like I said, hatchet job, if you want to call it that, against one of the guys, but not in the other one, not the other one, and not the one who has kind of taken the reins here. So it will be interesting to see how how that plays out. Uh, I just want Carmelo taking shots in the Bulls jersey, dude. I want <laughs> oh. I want Carmelo taking forty shots for the Bulls in his first game, and then Jim Boylan berating him in the halftime locker room, and Melo taking off his jersey and, and walking out of the United Center forever. All the banners are on the building. That's what I want, Jason. I would I would be totally game for that. Like I said, I don't want to see Mellow more than like one game. If we get one game of just like epic Mellow gunning and then Boylan, do, like you said, just degrading him and then Mellow just pieces out, I would love it. I'll take it. Uh, let's take a look at the upcoming schedule, I guess, because, you know, the Bulls are still playing games so the- even though we're – We got we got some we got some wins coming up here. Like I mentioned before, Wednesday night uh, they are playing – at home against Atlanta, the Hawks are a little, they're, they're not 
quite as bad as the as the Cavs. I mean, I feel like the Bulls and the Hawks are probably on a similar level. Trey Young's a lot of fun. John Collins has been playing pretty well since he's come back. Uh, so, like, I mean, that's a very winnable game, though. Home game against another tanking team. The Bulls have not lost to any of the other tankers yet. So, like, probably I would guess a, a win. I guess you never know, but probably a win. And then Friday, uh, they play home against the Clippers. That'll be an interesting game. The Clippers started the year really well, really deep team. Uh, but they've had some injuries lately, and they've kind of scuffled a bit. They've kind of fallen back to the pack. And then to finish out the week on Sunday, they welcome the fucking Cavs again. And, like, that should be a win. I mean, three straight home games here. Like, I mean, the Cav- the Bulls have a chance to go on, like, a possibly a four-game winning streak here, which like, – but I don't even know, like, if it would honestly be that great. It's like two, with three of the four games coming against Cleveland and the Hawks, like, that's not that impressive, like winning home games against those teams. So we'll see how they do against the Clippers. That will be an actual test, depending on who's healthy. I think like Lou Williams has been hurt. I think Gallinari has been hurt. If those guys are out, make it a little easier on the Bulls. So like, and they have a chance here to look a little better and win some games. That's obviously not great for the, for talking about the tank race and Zion, Zion Williamson. But I mean, I guess just it would be good for them to be better for their psyche. I guess I don't know. Well, here's a look at the tank race right now. Cleveland nine wins their last. The Bulls, the Knicks, and the Suns are all tied with 11 wins. Now, the way the lottery works this year, this is the first year of lottery reform, which means that the odds have shifted for the worst teams in the league. The top three teams in the lottery race, so the three worst teams in the league, they all have a 14% chance to get the number one pick. Then you have a 12.5% chance. Then you have a 10.5% chance. And it does matter where your starting position is because of your floor. So before the first pick, the lowest you could drop is four, and now the lowest you can drop is five. So that sort of continues throughout lottery reform. So now, you know, if you get this, if you have the second, uh, you know, worst record in the league, you could fall all the way to six. So this does matter for the Bulls. They're probably not going to be worse than the Cavs. I mean, God, they better not be worse. No, they won't be worse than the Cavs. They, I don't think they're going to be worse than the Knicks either. The Knicks have lost fifteen and six. I think fourteen and fifteen or fifteen and sixteen, something like that. Actually, I'm sorry. The Knicks only have ten losses, so the Knicks are now second. Whereas the Bulls, wins, yeah. they, they have ten wins. Actually, whereas the Bulls and Phoenix have eleven. So. Yeah, I think the Cavs and Knicks right now are the worst teams, and the Bulls are probably right there. Obviously, we've just spent all this time. The Bulls just lost ten games in a row and got been getting their ass beat. I still feel like the Cavs and Knicks are probably worse, at least in terms of just talent level. The Bulls should be better than those two teams, just based on the players available. And then, like this, I feel like the Suns, Bulls, and Hawks are like all kind of on like a similar tier, like. The Hawks have had some games that look pretty good, but they're just—I feel like they're just lacking overall talent level. This, I mean, the Suns have Devin Booker and Aiton, but like they're just—they're still just all overall also terrible. So like, I feel like it's going to be the Cavs and Knicks at the bottom, and then Bulls, Hawks, and uh, Suns kind of battling it out for that third spot. Yeah, Trey Young is playing pretty well this year for Atlanta. He's not been terrible, at least. Uh, but I do think it's pretty interesting. Only shooting 29% from three. He has been great as a passer. Seven assists a game. He's still averaging 16 points. Uh, you knew that Trey Young was going to take a while before he was actually able to be the Trey Young we saw in college at the NBA level. But, uh, you know, the jumper not being money yet. I think that, you know, when that figures itself out, Atlanta's really going to be looking up, especially when you consider they're going to add another player in this draft. Uh, the, Hawks are, the Hawks are in an interesting spot. I think they're in maybe more of an interesting spot than the Bulls, as much as I hate to say it. Yeah, they will be interesting. You mentioned Trey, like I said, John Collins, Kevin, I'm not sure how to say his last name, 
Herder has Herder, been Herder, doing Herder. some. He's been doing some pretty good stuff lately. Yeah, I think. I think he got hurt. I'm not sure if he's going to play against the Bulls. I don't think he played in this game on Monday. Uh, but he's been, sh- I think, shooting pretty well lately. Yeah, they're I, interesting is a good way to put it. I'm not really sure how they're going to go, but I know they just got Torrent Torrent Prince back. He's not a bad player. They've been trying to trade Kent Bazemore forever. So I guess, yeah, I guess I guess we will see. But yeah, I mean, this is again just wrapping up here. Like the Bulls have a very winnable stretch of games here. Depending on what you're rooting for, wins, development, tanking Zion, whatever. We know we've made it clear that we want Zion. I'm not gonna like lose too much sleep over them beating shitty ass teams. Like I, I said before this Cavs game today, like if they're gonna beat these teams, like at least hopefully make it entertaining and fun to watch. And like I feel like this Bulls Cavs game didn't quite. I know they won by a lot, but like it was didn't really do it quite do it for me. So like if they're gonna win these games, like I'd at least like them to beat the shit out of them and like have all their young guys look really good. So it's, I mean, at some point, like you're gonna win some games, you're gonna beat some bad teams. It's gonna happen. So we'll, we'll see what happens this week. Uh, that's that's about that's about it for me. Uh, I guess we'll see exactly how this mellow stuff plays out moving forward. I'm actually going to be going on vacation coming up here. Jason, uh, you're going to the happiest place going, on earth. I'm going to I'm going to Disney World for the next uh, about a, for about a week. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And will I will be keeping an eye on the Bulls. I will not be I will not be really be watching. I will not be tweeting too much. Maybe I'll sneak in a few tweets in there while I'm drinking around the world at Epcot or something. <laughs> Please, you are uh, that much. But, yeah, but I uh, will not be uh, not be on top of the Bulls for the next week or so. But then we'll be back, and we'll be sure to do another pod soon as soon as I'm back. But uh, I guess we'll we'll have to see what happens and see how they do this week. It's not going to be pretty. Chicago Bulls basketball. It's not pretty. You don't want to watch it. No one does. Crap. You're going to be it's Disney. Crap. All right. Uh, so for Jason, I'm Ricky. This was Cash Considerations. Part of the Blue Wire Network. Subscribe to all the Blue Wire NBA podcasts. Blue Wire is covering the entire league in podcast form almost at this point. So lots of good shows uh, on the Blue Wire Network. Make sure to check those out and subscribe. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, on Spotify. I like listening to podcasts on Spotify. That's where I listen to to ours and to everything else. Uh, Stitcher, but, you know, we're everywhere. So subscribe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.